Well, welcome back to the Spoken D podcast. This is Dr. Walt Duffy with Matt Duffy. Hey, Matt. Good afternoon. <laughs> oh, such energy. <laughs> I think our audience, I've, what I've heard from some people, they would like to see a little more, we'll say engagement from you, you know, a little more <laughs> vigor behind that voice. Your voice is already deep, so you have to sort of project, all right? All right, I'll try. Uh, he tends to be a little monotone, <laughs> folks, so that's just that's just what you get, you know. So... Uh, I was talking with some um, people this week, and I thought what we might talk a little about is injectable medicines that we use in psychiatry, why we might look at those for folks, and why they might be useful, and when you might use those types of meds. Because I think there's tends to be, uh, you know, there's already a stigma associated with mental health, and then we get another stigma about why would I let somebody shoot me in the rear <laughs> or in the arm with a medicine when I could take it orally? Yeah, the the interesting thing I find about injections is, and as a culture, as a <laughs> as a Western culture, United States culture, we're going more and more to convenience and what's the least amount of effort I have to put into things and how do I make it easy. And we offer something that you only have to do once a month or once every quarter or however frequent. But it's looked at as, oh, well, I'd rather be responsible for taking this pill every time at the same day. And it's opposite of what we think of most things, right? Oh, how do I do telehealth so I don't have to make the trip? How do I do this to, to lessen the burden? But the injection is not seen as a convenience or a, a way to make your treatment easier. It's... <laughs> Uh, a concern of something else. Yeah, I think it's in the area that you're looking of uh, treatment. Like if you're in cosmetics, getting your lips injected or <laughs> your face injected, people go, oh, that, that's no big deal. But in mental health, I think oral medicines have been used for so long that uh, when you look at injectables, people go, well, that's those aren't used very often. I've never even heard of those before I came to your <laughs> office. So that must mean I am really bad <laughs> to, to have to receive an injectable. And plus, what do you mean more accountable, more difficult? I mean, a pill, you just have to take the pills. They're right there in front of you. So why? what's so difficult about that? Well, I mean, you'd like to think that, but how many people want to take vitamins, right? You go to the store, you buy your your multivitamin, and you're, I'm going to take this every day, so I, if I don't eat my veggies, it doesn't matter. And you get two months in, and you you shake the bottle, and, oh, I've only taken maybe 10 of these in the last two months. It's until it, Unless you're going to really build the habit into your day, it's not necessarily top of mind if you have you know, your three-year-old running around, you're, you're trying to get all the kids to bed, you got maybe new puppies pooping in your house. You, right. <laughs> you have all these variables that come into your life that uh, maybe create instances of priority change over what you may think. Right. So, yeah, I am a, a big proponent of uh, the injectable medicines. Really, um, in mental health right now, the, the main places where they have been used are in some of the mood disorders, such as bipolar disorder, also in schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, those types. And why, you know, we talk about it, adherence and people staying on medicines. It's really interesting if you start looking at pharmacy data and how often people fill their meds. And this is just in general, you know, 
if we prescribe a medicine for like depression or bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, uh, you would think everybody would fill that script, right? I mean, they've told you in the office, I will fill that script. But there's a significant number that don't even fill that first script. And then the ones that will actually get to the second and third script, you're getting down sometimes to close to 50% mm -hmm. of folks. And then you talk about adherence. You pick up the medicine, and you just talked about how difficult it is to remember even you know an antibiotic twice a day for 10 days. How difficult can that be? Mm -hmm. well, I just had to do that after uh, some dental uh, a dental procedure, and it was really easy. I mean, you know, Duffy, uh, you take this twice a day for 10 days. I said, I think I could do that. And, and I was really diligent, and I ended up missing a night, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, you know, I just, I was tired, and I just forgot about it. So even with the best of intentions, and then I go, if I had to do this every single day of my life for, for a long time, mm -hmm. I, I just, I'm just going to tell you up front, <laughs> I am going to be missing some of those. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we have people with some of the uh disorders we treat, such as bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, they tend to be on many meds. And it's not just psych meds, but they're also on physical meds like blood pressure medicines, uh, things for their, uh, you know, their lipids. They might be on various other things. So then you're just saying try to be on various meds. So even in the pharmacy, uh, we will look at things like bubble packing your meds so you only have to push out the <laughs> the little plastic bubble for all the morning meds. But it's just time and time again, it's interesting that people come back, patients come back, and uh, when they're not doing as well, uh, it's either they've missed their appointment, they've, for, they've forgotten to take in some of their meds. Um, sometimes it's really interesting. Patients will tell you, you know, I just couldn't remember if I actually <laughs> took my dose that <laughs> night or not. So I didn't want to overdose. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to take too much, so I just didn't take it. And then once you don't take it that one time, it's so easy. It's just sort of like any other habit you have, exercise mm -hmm. or anything or anything else. Once you don't do it once, well, it's, then you just stop doing it. And the other thing that happens if you have something like bipolar disorder, and folks, bipolar disorder is... Sometimes you just feel normal. Sometimes you feel like crap and depressed, but sometimes you feel like super good, <laughs> lots of energy. And you know your mind during those times when you're feeling super good, um, I really don't need to take meds. Mm -hmm. That's why your brain's sort of telling you, I, I feel like I'm fine. <laughs> so you stop taking them. And then what happens is with one of the things we say in bipolar disorder, the higher you go, the farther you fall. <laughs> And so then you're back in, and we're starting all back over again. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you get a injectable medicine that can last for three or four weeks, you know, one for folks to know is you get a medicine that has a, a consistent level throughout the, the month, and sometimes you don't have to have as high of a blood level, or uh, sometimes some side effects are more associated with how high that blood level goes. Mm -hmm. um, the injectables, you're just trying to hit that therapeutic window and sort of keep it in there. And you know you receive the medicine. I know you receive the medicine. I can make better treatment decisions of what medicines you might need to add to that or not add to that. So you're much better off in a lot of ways by taking that. 
So jumping back to one thing you mentioned, which was, especially if you're new to treatment, the amount of people who fill their first script versus their second script versus their third script drastically decreases each time, right? Yes. And I, you know, so I start going, okay, why? <laughs> mm-hmm. And part of it, I'm sure, is, well, I feel better. Maybe I don't need to keep going. Um, my gut is more than likely it's, well, it hasn't start. It's not working, so why continue? So from a scientific standpoint, I guess, realistically, if a med is going to have a benefit for a patient, how long are they really having to be compliant with taking it daily before they'll see potentially a benefit because from what i know it's not the next day it's not like a antibiotic that you'll feel better in a day or two there's a period of time that you have to be compliant without necessarily a benefit coming yeah well it depends on the type of medicine right Mm -hmm. so we have adhd medicines that work the day that you take them so we have certain of those so that's why we have, uh, you know, we have certain of the benzodiazepines where uh, people, if they don't feel that right away, they they, um, they take more of them, and that's where people get into trouble. But most of the mood stabilizers, mm-hmm. you know, can take a week to two weeks to longer just to build up in your system on a given dose. So it can easily take somewhere to two to four weeks to even start to notice a significant you might get some help with your sleep if there's a side effect profile to the medicine that helps with sleep um, but for your mood to really change um, it can take a while and then we're also dealing with if you have something like bipolar disorder you might your mood might switch during <laughs> that time so it's nothing to do with the medicine but your mood has switched on you and uh, and other people might be noticing that you're having some benefit but you might not notice anything yet because mm-hmm. you really don't – it hasn't made a functional impact for you. The other people are seeing that. So we often – that's the other thing, the insight into being able to know what change has occurred, if any change has occurred, and that's why there's various symptoms to go through. And it tends to be uh, – you know, it's just part of our society. I want that quick fix, right? Mm-hmm. And, or maybe a concern of, well, it's not working, so why keep taking some, right? Yeah. You get into the belief of it's not working, so why continue? Yeah, or the other thing is that it's very common the first seven to ten days you might have a minor side effect. Decrease, mm-hmm. increase appetite, a little decreased sleep, increase anxiety, but then that calms down after that time. But just when you feel that, uh, if it's not explained, it, you stop the medicine. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, this push and pull to some degree with new treatment of, I really need you to be compliant. I need you to be diligent, mindful when you're not getting anything back, right? And that that's what you don't have with the injectable. It's, well, you get it. Now you don't have to worry about it. Hopefully the benefit will come, <laughs> but you don't need to be uh, tracking yourself, mindful of it while you're in this period of it getting into your system and working. Yeah, and some of the newer injectables, I mean, they do get into your system and can make a difference quicker. Uh, they might have to be supplemented with the oral for some of them to start out with. So it just all depends. But it's often, uh, 
I think it's often not even brought up to patients early on that that's an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like reserved for after they failed everything. Uh, like, why would I do that if they haven't failed everything? You I mean, they're not going to want to go on that anyway. But it's sort of interesting uh, uh, patients that, oh, what? You mean I really only have to do something once a month? Mm-hmm. You know, once a month? or yeah, I would like that. Because... Sometimes what happens with um, pills is that it's a daily reminder that I have an issue, right? Yeah. You know, that's why people, you know, you would think people would be compliant with their insulin for their diabetes, right? Mm-hmm. I need this to, uh, to keep my blood sugar down, keep out of the hospital. Uh, but, you know, it's very difficult, like with adolescents and stuff. And they're going through a thing, what, I have to take this and monitor my diet? So compliance is a, is a huge thing. And uh, where if I can take away that constant reminder, um, I'm more likely to maybe do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, I know I have somebody checking out. Oh, I'm, they know if I don't show up for my appointment <laughs> in four weeks, I have not received my medicine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you do know that if I showed up and you gave me the injection, you know that I have my medicine for the next three to four weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the... The main concern that I hear is the one you hit on the head is, well, it's only ever brought up at the end. So if I'm getting recommended an injectable, I'm worse off than most people, or my condition's worse than we thought, or it's, there's a negative associated to it other than it could help. It's, well, you're, <laughs> you're really bad, or yeah. there, there's something more to it than just it's another medication. Yeah. And it's also that the original um, injectables uh, did ha- come with more side effects to them, and you had to, some of them you had to take more often. Interestingly, some of the injectables now have moved out to every 8 to 12 weeks to even, even longer, though most are still at around every 3 to 4-week interval. And that gets into philosophy of how often also it's best to see the, the patients when they need to be on those. But... Um, yeah, it it has really nothing to do what here's we've talked about this in past podcasts, but some of the thinking is that um every episode you go through, other ever whether it's depression, whether it's hypomania, mania where your mood's too high, either whether that's too happy or too irritable, paranoia, psychosis, every time you have a new episode you've damaged your brain some more. So you have some what we call neurodegeneration going on. And we've also talked about, you know, treatment resistance. Things get harder to treat the more times that we've had med failures and the more episodes uh, that somebody's have had of a certain uh, disorder. So we can help keep your brain healthier if we can treat you and keep you on medicines. One thing I tell patients about is I said, you just don't understand, you know, sometimes that when you go off that medicine, it might not work the second time. Mm -hmm. If it does work, it might need to be at a higher dose, which is higher risk for side effects, right? Or I might have to add something else to it. So I'm trying to keep you on as few as meds as possible, uh, not having to go on to other meds because, you know, the brain's a very smart thing. You know, that's why we have, we have a lot of antibiotic resistance in the, around the world. Um, if you don't take things, we have to go try again and again. Uh, 
it, it becomes more difficult to, to treat. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'm not well-versed on, but I'm curious with the, the injectables is it's a different delivery method, right? We're injecting it versus you swallowing and digesting. And generally, from what I know, that means different side effect profiles. And sometimes the side effects from injections are less so than things that need to go through your digestion. So do, do injectables come with less risk of side effects or certain side effects? or? Well, you know, you do have the risk of uh, uh, a painful injection, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, having sometimes you can have a little bump where the injection was or, uh, because of the medicine. Uh, so there's some of that that you don't get with the orals. Um, the biggest thing, um, you still have the side effect uh, profile because if it still has to clear through your liver or whatever, that, that still happens. But usually, um, every, as we've talked about, when you take an oral medicine, every time you take it, you get a, a peak blood level. And then it starts coming down until you take it again. And then you go up and down. We're with the injectables. Uh, so that peak is usually uh, quite a bit higher than maybe the threshold you need for actual treatment. Because you have to keep it above that, right? So you have to go high. So as it's coming down, you're still staying above that therapeutic level. So with the injection, the goal is, and sometimes it takes a few injections to really build up to this, is that... You don't have to go over that threshold as much, so we're hoping that there's less risk for side effects. And also, it then can stay right above or right at that therapeutic level uh, at a steady state for longer rather than having this seesaw effect that you are going to have when you take oral medicines. So instead of maybe a daily, I feel great two hours after taking my med and really not great, starting two hours before I'm supposed to take it, if I take it at the same time every day, you're more getting 30 days of consistency with maybe that last day before you get your next injection. Yeah. So I think what's very common, what I, I can just tell you what, um, there's a literature of where uh, the medicine has come, been FDA approved for every four weeks or every eight weeks, 12 weeks, uh, some of them every two weeks, whatever. But um, uh Four weeks is pretty common, and what I will tell you from my own experience, when patients do well on the injectables, what they will tell me is, you know, uh, Dr. Duffy, hey, that thing is working. My mood is just good, or my thoughts are well-controlled, and they are well-controlled all the way between injections, or I can tell you two days before, uh, I can tell when that (laughs) sucker is wearing off, Mm -hmm. and I want that, and I want it again because I know what it's doing for me. And then we've had some that is supposed to be every four weeks. At three weeks, it starts wearing off. So it depends. Um, some insurance will let you give it again after three weeks. But then there's also different uh, dosage strengths that you can give of these. So that might be telling me that I need to up the dosage strength for the next injection. Mm-hmm. But uh, patients become very aware when it's working and when it's not. And then if they choose not to come in for an injection and it's really been working, uh, often they'll come back and say, uh, I can tell what that thing, wh- how well I did on that. Mm-hmm. I want back on that. I don't, some of them don't, don't really like getting the injection, mm-hmm. but what it does for them and the decrease in side effects and what their environment, what other people they interact with, whether it's their 
their spouse, their coworkers, their parents um, see a big difference. And there's so much, their functioning level is so much uh, better and consistent. Mm. So they're not having this up and down in their functioning level. So, you know, it's not very nice if you have a manic episode where you're too happy and all of a sudden you go uh, spend what's in your bank, everything in your bank account, in your IRA account, and you go take out a big loan at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when you come down, you go, oh, that, that, I, don't, I don't like that. Yeah. So you've, we've outlined a lot of benefits of the injectable compared to orals. So why doesn't every patient hear about it as maybe a first line or first treatment option? It's generally after a few meds that they hear about the injectable, right? I, I think it's uh, out of sight, out of mind sometimes uh, in a provider office. We happen in our office, we have an injection clinic. Uh, so we can give it right there. Uh, not a lot of offices have that. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to travel or send it somewhere else. Luckily, there's more sites. It used to just often be like a specialty clinic at a hospital. You had to send your patients to and get it. And um, maybe the communication between that the specialty clinic and the provider was not always there. Um, so uh, it's really knowing where to get the medicine uh, sometimes it's really on the part of the patients, parents, uh, their support network being more proactive, saying, hey, this is something that we think will help. I mean, can you imagine, really, you're, you're paranoid and somebody wants to give you a pill every day. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, your paranoia has gone up. Uh, you're probably not going to feel that trustworthy <laughs> of taking that foreign thing mm-hmm. there. So um, we're... If, where if the injection can keep those thoughts at a much lower level, uh, that becomes part of just the habit. It's a once a month habit versus a daily reminder. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a lot less intrusive yeah. in a lot of ways. So, uh, you know, again, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. uh, I when you think the one think I was it, more curious on was, will patients have it paid for as a first line? treatment option or do you have the headaches of what you may use versus what insurance oh is it used to be for? more of a headache but actually um and there still can be some of that if the if the injectable comes in an oral form for some insurance um they might say you have to try oral first and um if you were non i really don't like the word non-compliance as much if you were non-adherent not able to stay on that and had difficulties with that or having episodes, that is good enough. Mm. But there's more, I think the insurance companies are coming more on board too. Hey, if they can stay on treatment and stay in treatment, that means, usually it means less use of the ER, less use of the hospital, less use of community resources. Hey, they might stay at a job, Mm. so they're staying on commercial insurance, you know, or they have insurance or they have more of a support network. So actually it can end up cheaper, even though the medicine itself might be more expensive for those folks. So that's possibly why some patients are starting to hear about it earlier in treatment as it's now more accessible than it was 
at least from a coverage standpoint. Yeah, and I think, in, and folks, we're not being sponsored by any of the pharmaceutical companies to do this for, or anything. So, But I also think uh, um, there's been more education um, just by some of the pharmaceutical companies and the, and the, the reps that come into people's offices and better support in able, being able to get those. You know, we have patients that we see, I'm sure everybody does, from uh, multiple hours away. There's no way they're going to be able to get into our clinic to get the injectable, so they're usually well aware of what other pharmacies um, around are doing those. So there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of options in that area, and I think there is more and more literature coming out of, hey, these are uh, a very good treatment option. Not the only treatment option, but they're a very good treatment option uh, for a lot of folks. So uh, I, you know, and I don't always recommend it as first line. There's just various reasons that go into your thing. But if you think there's going to be issues with potential adherence, being able to stay on meds, I mean, it's pretty easy. Most people have been on various meds, whether it's um, our mental health meds or antibiotics or things in the past. And well, how, how well did you do with staying on those? <laughs> Not very well. <laughs> you know, how are you, how good are you keeping your job? Have you been able to keep employment? Well, you no, know, you know, my life sort of goes up and down on me. Mm-hmm. So, so then how are you going to expect yourself to take this med <laughs> every single day? You know, that's sort of something to think about. Mm-hmm. If the rest of your life is more or less likely, you can have the best of intentions. And it's really not about, so that's why I say it's not so much about compliance, but just can, well, your brain, remember, you know, we've talked about this too before. I've talked about sometimes when our patients get, um, people get depressed, their brain process just slows down mm-hmm. and just gets muddy. Can you imagine when you're like manic and you like, you're racing from thought to thought. You have idea after idea. And somewhere within all that, you're supposed to remember you're supposed to take that <laughs> pill. Uh, it's just very difficult. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's a nice treatment option for folks to consider. So that's what I would throw out there. That it should be part of the things you talk about with your providers, if it might be something. Now, we have some other dis- um, disorders we have that don't have that option. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, it's not there yet, but uh, it is one of the, it's nice that these other options are becoming more and more available to folks. Yeah. So that's all I have for today. Do do you have anything else? I think we sufficiently covered that topic. (laughs) Okay. So, so next topic, folks, we're going to see, because we're going to see if we get Matt a little more animated. Uh, I don't think I need to get any more animated. I probably need to go the opposite way. But uh, thank you for joining this episode of the Spoken Deep podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you very much.